BYU SN. BYU football makes history. Big 12 win number one, check. After a wild Friday night against Cincinnati, how did BYU pull off the victory? And who had the bigger performance yesterday in the NFL? Zach Wilson under the Sunday Night Lights or Puka Nakua with a walk-off win? ESPN's Trevor Maddich on BYU's 4-1 start what's ahead in October. It was a wild day in the Big 12 Saturday. The roundup and prop picks recap the week. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy winning Monday. It is October 2nd. I am Spencer Linton. He is small plane bombardier, Jerem Jordan. So, Captain Butter said, ah, I don't think it's going to happen this week. I'm not going to be able to fly up there and spell out, uh, you know, beat Cincy or Cincinnati or whatever. No, he got to Utah and yep. uh, made it happen, which is uh, pretty cool. So, congratulations uh, to, to Captain Butters, who did beat Cincy, which I think is fine. Cincinnati's too long. That's, that's just no, no. too much fuel. He you made, know what I'm saying? He made the right choice. Yeah. Absolutely. He got it done. He was apologizing for not having as specific – a why and like the details well, right there. I kinda, He's not flying his own plane though. I kind of love that it looked more like me riding left-handed. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, okay, that's what it. I would think it would look like in a plane. Like it was almost too good the first couple of weeks where I was like, wait a minute, this guy's unbelievable. So uh, yeah, that that was fun. And uh, I wonder if we'll have a bye week. Just bye week. Spell oh, that. No, probably snap. don't need it. Don't need it. But. That would be awesome. Save, save the money and, and the fuel that it takes to do that for beat TCU because BYU is going to need all the good mojo they yeah, can. Yeah, maybe spell it out twice. And round up. <laughs> maybe that's the one where you say beat Texas Christian. Oh, my gosh. Well, so two notes. Te TCU does not want to be called Texas Christian. No. And then UCF does not want to be called Central Florida. Well, but, now you know how to make a map. But we don't care if people say Brigham Young. We don't care. Hey, Brigham Great. Kavanoi, me, Brigham. This is a yeah. welcoming environment and community. Brian Logan. <laughs> Let's go. That said, I'll rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending. The BYU Cougars play their first ever Big 12 Conference home game. Chase 20, Chase 10. We're going to chase him into the end zone. Home game has its first Big 12 win. An historic night under the Friday night lights of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU victorious over Cincinnati 35-27 to pick up its first ever Big 12 win. The Cougars were outgained by more than 200 yards <laughs> yeah, when you match them up against Cincinnati. In this one. Man, the Cougars had two passing yards with under a minute to play in the first half. <laughs> And had a halftime lead, a lead that they would never relinquish. Jerem, how in the world did BYU win this game? Because you look at the statistics, they had no business coming out victorious, but they did. And it was until a late garbage touchdown of sorts, it was 35-20. How'd they do it? I, three reasons really stick out. And, and one of them is the reason BYU lost last week. It is takeaways that lead to points. At Kansas, that cost BYU the game. And in this game, uh, it got BYU the win. The pick six gives BYU the lead. The fumble on the punt returned by Cincinnati, recovered by Austin Riggs at the 15, leads to a touchdown. Uh, more on that later. Um, those two plays were huge in this game because in the end, you know, it's a one-score game in the end, and uh, BYU prevails because of those two. Another thing, reason number two, explosive plays. Uh, nine yards per passing attempt is a good number. 
six pass plays of 15 plus. BYU did have three rush plays of 10 plus. We saw like a semblance of a run game, which is exciting. The numbers weren't big for BYU in the end rushing. Let's throw out the minus 24 yards or whatever it was on the snap over the head. Yeah, that was that was not good. Um, but LJ Martin, 16 for 66, two touchdowns, 4.1 yards per carry. Yep, I will take it. Yep, Miles Davis. If, uh, you know, he, he gets it done, four carries, 17 yards, had the 11-yard run. That mm -hmm. was good. Um, and then reason number three, fourth down stops. BYU gets two fourth down stops in those games. Those are like takeaways. Yes, I think they those should are, count. They're like getting a fumble recovery. They really are. Um, that Jay Hill's defense now has allowed two for seven on fourth down this year. Awesome. BYU's really, really good on fourth down. So those three reasons really stick out for BYU, despite being out yarded, out possessed, in terms of uh, time possession, which was nuts, it was uh, basically 10 minutes. And then, the yeah, the yardage is crazy. The, it's, it's nuts. The plays, plus 31. I don't recall a game ever uh, in watching BYU where they were uh, minus 31 in total plays. BYU has proven that it has not gotten 400 yards in a game yet, yet BYU is 4-1. Which is nuts, and BYU's actually won all three, well, three games in which it's had sub 300 yards. This is not your typical BYU. This is the Big 12 year of just win the game, and BYU's figuring it out. BYU is so sudden in their offense. They're situationally opportunistic. Obedience. Like when you make a mistake, BYU, more often than not, is making you pay in a hurry. Yeah. Like those touchdowns happen very quickly when you make a big mistake against BYU. And so to the Cougars' credit and Aaron Roderick's credit, when he's given that opportunity and that advantage, they make opponents pay. And that's how you get it done uh, and are outgained. And it's not close that way. I mean, so, yeah, like Cincinnati can move the ball all they want from 20 to 20, which has kind of been the story of their season. They've been bad, bad, yeah. bad in the red zone. They stink in the red right? zone. Holy mackerel. They were technically uh, two for two but only got six points. Brutal. Like, you give up you two You got to score more goals? touchdowns when you Fine. get into the reds, right? Great. So, BYU took advantage. They're situationally opportunistic. And just the, the big plays happen so fast. How do you have two, two passing yards and you're one for seven if you're Keaton Slovis with under a minute to play in the first half? And then, bang, 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 Darius Lasseter catches a touchdown pass and you're up 14-10 at halftime. I thought BYU stole, yeah. stole a halftime lead. It's hard enough to travel to time zones, to play on a short week, to play at elevation, all of these things, to play BYU at night, 26-3 and now, six or later since 2019. That's a weird stat. But like you said, BYU, Keaton Slovis was one of seven, two passing yards, with 44 seconds left in the first half. BYU gets the ball, and I'm thinking, do not turn it over. Like, we do not need to go crazy here. Just get into the locker room. We are lucky to be this close. Oh, no. And, no, it's 23 yards, I think, to Keanu Hill, 24 yards to Chase, Chase Roberts. Roberts. P.I., Isaac Rex draws, and then Darius Lasseter, 22 yards. Boom, BYU has the lead, and it was like, <laughs> what just happened? Like, BYU woke up in an amazing way. Then, in the second half, BYU answered any Cincinnati score, uh, except for the last one. Uh, you, you're just trying to salt it you out didn't there, need right? To. You didn't need to. But you answer the scores. And then Chase Roberts was so good in this game. Career high 131, six catches, the 59-yarder uh, is awesome. He had a great game. In fact, here's Keaton Slovis talking about Mr. Chase Roberts. We'll get it in a minute. Keaton Slovis, amazing, by the way. Um, he's doing amazing things on very minimal completions. 
So I would argue, and tell me if you disagree, that the two biggest wins are clearly Arkansas and Cincinnati this year, right? Of the four, of course. Thursday, clearly, yes. right? Yes. In those games, he has 13 completions exactly, two touchdowns, no picks, sub 250 yards. How is BYU winning with those numbers? Like, typically, I would say, BYU probably lost if that's all they did on offense. But, uh, and minimal run game, it's good defense, it's good special teams, and BYU is a complete team in many ways. Captain here's, efficiency. Captain efficiency, yeah. Uh, here's Keaton Slovis on Chase Roberts. Um, just to be more consistent as, as a whole, I think the times as pass pro, times for me where I'm not, you know, seeing the field as well as I should, times receivers we actually better as a team. Like, I uh, look at the first half, I got to do a lot of things better. And uh, if we fire on all cylinders more, consi- more consistently, uh, we'll have a lot of success as an offense. All right, so that, he's that, talking that about, the offense. Chase Roberts, he's talking about okay. the offense improving during the bye week. Now, BYU's 4-1 in spite of not completing a gajillion passes or running efficiently. Hey, they completed a lot against Kansas. They were playing from behind, and there was no run game, so that's what you had to do. But I am impressed that despite only 13 completions in the two biggest wins, BYU has won those games. Again, the formula, the business model, if you will, for BYU football is not the same as a Power 5 team. These are tougher games that you just have to win. And it takes complementary football, and BYU is doing it. And oh, by the way, (laughs) the defense is really good. Yes. They continue to take the ball away. Jacob Robinson's seventh career pick, by the way. Pick six. That dude is a baller. Like Ryan Rico, remember that punt he had in the end zone that went all the way? It was a 66-yarder. In the air, it was 76 yards. In the air! Amazing. He is so good. And BYU is getting it done in sort of unorthodox ways. And they're 4-1, and one, and I love it because guess what? October is going to be really tough. Really tough. But the fact that BYU's jumped up to 4-1, and one, amazing. Yeah, so I heard this over the weekend because I was, I was talking with some people about BYU's defense. Uh, but they gave up 38 to Kansas. No, they didn't. The defense did not give up 38 points to Kansas. The defense was not responsible for two defensive touchdowns. No, and one of those field goals off a short field, I would argue it was 21 points left. Yes, yeah. that's what I said. Yeah. They gave up that's more like 21 number. points, and number. even then, Jay Hill and his defenders were like, mm, we were not good today. We, we gave up too many rush yards. You have 21 points against Kansas, okay? <laughs> 17 points off of some bad turnovers by BYU, for sure. Um, yeah, they're really, really good. And Jacob Robinson, man, he takes a calculated risk, and boy, does it pay off. Oh, so he <laughs> so he, he, said in the postgame he was supposed to pass that guy off. Instead, he just so, sort of like stopped and watched the ball and just picked it off. <laughs> so, so, same thing with the Chase Roberts play. That is intended for Keanu Hill. Keaton Slovis told you as much. Yes. And, and so Chase just is there and makes play. Otherwise, it's intercepted. That would have been a big play in the game. But sometimes you get that. And then Chase Roberts just runs to the end zone. Like, I wouldn't say he was galloping. Like, he wasn't burning anybody. But he was faster than they were. Yes. And that's all that matters. He knew he at had what, an angle. At what point do we credit the BYU receivers for being fast? I saw one particular media member, who I'm not going to name, said, oh, Cincinnati's DB is so slow. Why aren't you crediting the BYU receiver with running fast? Is it because he's white? Like, I'm bothered by that. I really am. Like, who cares? He outran the defense. What, what is that? What is that? Jeremy, something very, very important happened as we watched this amazing Chase Roberts. He just runs pass. to the end zone. That's okay. all I saw. One, we need, we need to give credit to Keaton Slovis for okay. avoiding the rush. Whoop! 
Okay, so he does a great job yes. to avoid the rush. Then he takes a shot to the face, and which wasn't called, bloodied on the crown of his nose. And he's like, "That should have been a penalty." So I was mad about that. Hands to the face. And he's like, "Yeah, I overthrew Keanu." But he's like, "As soon as Chase saw me scramble, his job is to kind of come back the direction he yeah. did." And so he's like, "Sometimes things just work out." <laughs> Last week against, or sorry, I should say, uh, weekend a couple of days ago against Kansas, it didn't work out for BYU. No. So no. sometimes they don't go your way. And that, and and that's that where, one went his way. That's where you can't say, oh, BYU is this close to being 5-0. and I, No, 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 no. Sometimes the ball does not bounce your way, um, like Kansas. I, also, BYU is not good enough to be 5-0 and to me. Like, BYU at 4-1 and is, like, ahead of schedule. To me, BYU is 3.5 to 1.5, if you will, if I had to break it down. I am happy BYU is 4-1. and But BYU, uh, certainly you feel like, oh, they could be 5-0. and It's like they could have lost the Arkansas game. They could have lost the Cincinnati game. Um, they didn't. They, they're not 2-3. and three. They are four and one, and uh, you know it, things are awesome. October is going to be yes. significantly harder. I hope BYU wins one game in October at this point. So that those are tough games, even though TCU lost to West Virginia. That, Texas Tech looks better than we thought after the Tyler Shuck injury, and then Texas is looking awesome right now. That touchdown pass happens because BYU's aggressive, and there was a definitive moment in the game where Aaron Rodgers just said, "You know what? We're just going to have to let Keaton." throw it down the field because it clearly was not working in the first half. Every game it feels okay. like no. So now it's like, all right, let him drop back and rip it down the field. That is what Keaton Slovis does. There, there was a decision made right before halftime, like let him throw the ball down the field. With 44 seconds left inside your own whatever, wherever it started, it was eight, the 18 because they had 82 yards on that drive. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. That is that is a, a heck of a time try to make it, that <laughs> Try it, and we're going to find out. And it paid off in a major way, and it has in multiple scenarios for BYU this season. Yeah. The same logic can be applied to a guy we're just about to talk about, Zach Wilson, his offensive Let's coordinator. What did I say last week to you? Yeah. Just let him have a chance to throw the ball down the field. Topic two. Um, I did not think that the Jets would allow that. They did, and it was awesome. So who had a bigger day yesterday, Zach Wilson or Puka Nakua? It's hard to argue against Puka Nakua <laughs> because he's the header of the NFL's main accounts on social well, it's, media. It's, that smile is if, uh, contagious, man. It's awesome. But I would argue that the more important day, meaning bigger for your status in the NFL and your career moving forward, like Zach Wilson did more for his career in one game then he maybe has done his entire NFL career. Amen. He, he literally changed the narrative in one game I, about who wild. he is and what he can do and if he actually has what it takes to make it in the NFL. And in a loss. Against the, against the Kansas City Chiefs with Taylor Swift in the house in New York City on Sunday Night Football. It wasn't Sunday just Taylor Football. Swift. It was Hugh Jackman, Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively. Taylor All Swift the same suite. became – like a secondary story because of what was happening on the field. Zach so, Wilson was trending number one yes. in the United States. So I would say that he had the bigger day because I feel like he saved his NFL career, at least for a little bit. At least for a couple more weeks. Showing what he can do. Yeah. And Nathaniel Hackett, to his credit, his offensive coordinator finally was like, all right, Zach, I'm going to give you an opportunity to really make some tough throws. We're going we're gonna to try and stretch a defense. Let's see what you can do. Chris and Collinsworth he did it. Chris Collinsworth was over the moon. He was like, hey, this Zach Wilson. I like, loved it. It was, it was great. I loved it. When is Zach the best? When he can just rip it. Just and, play. And he can be a little reckless, and he can hold on to the ball for a minute and run and make the defense uh, you know, get on their toes a little bit. 
He was doing his thing last night against a good defense, and it was fun to watch. A couple of numbers that stick out. 28 completions, career high. Nearly 72% completion rate. That was a career high, minimum 30 attempts. It's its first two-pass touchdown game without a pick. No interceptions. He had never done that. Yep. And it's the sixth multi-TD game of his career passing. He outplays Patrick great. Mahomes. Yes. I'm sorry, what? That is, that is the stat of stats. Where, where is that one again? Um, yeah, like no one. Okay, he's the only quarterback ever to have fewer interceptions, more completions, passing yards, TD passed in a game against Patrick Mahomes in college or the NFL when Mahomes starts. That is unbelievable from Bleacher Report. Puka, let's talk about what he did because, yes, it was amazing, but Zach's sort of need to have it. If you don't, you might be not be the guy soon. Like, oh, he had to the, have he's it. He's the dude now. He's the dude for sure. Puka Nakua, nine grabs, uh, 10 targets, 163 yards. His nine first catches. touchdown is in overtime, yes. and, it, and it beats Blake Freeland and the Colts, which is pretty gnarly. Nine I, catches on 10 targets. <laughs> I'm sorry. 18 a catch. Like, that is so like, ridiculous. Yes. I have Puka and, and that performance as tied for the third most yards by any receiver from BYU in the NFL ever. Austin Colley had 163 and 171. Todd Christensen had 173. By the way, the top 10 is like six Todd Christensen. He, is, he was amazing. All pro. Uh, rest in peace. He was awesome. What a day for those two in particular. Uh, Kyle Vannoy gets called up to the 53, by the way, from the practice yes. squad. Of course he does. He's My favorite in. thing that happened last night for, Zick, for Zach uh, didn't have anything to do with what happened in the game. It was what Patrick Mahomes yes. said twice. We would play that if he didn't drop a bomb. In his post-game interview. Yeah. So, first of all, he's asked a question about the game in general, and he yeah. goes without being prompted to, Zach Wilson played a heck of a game, played his butt off, didn't say that, and he didn't apologized for cursing. <laughs> in the Bible. And then they followed up at the end with another question, and he said, I've, I've liked Zach ever since. I've been watching him since his BYU days. It was good yeah. to see him yeah, go Pat. out and do his thing. That, that was like – the ultimate validation. Chris Jones did that on the post game as well, despite being, um, you know, pr- sort of. Rodney Harrison tried to get Chris Jones to say something bad about Zach. He did not bite. Uh, th- that was great. Uh, th- like he did more for his career in yes. that single game than any other game in his career, including in BYU. that spotlight with that much. What pressure. a performance! Yes, Steve Young told us a week and a half ago. I would not. I would not like to be in that position. Oh. And that's a guy who was coming in for Joe Montana. <laughs> Steve's like, a guy that understands ang- anxiety he, and pressure. He would literally know anxiety. Like, in his book, he talks about it. That's hard, man. That was unbelievable. So happy for Zach. That awesome. The narr- and this so is awesome. all while he's just bummed beyond belief because he fumbles late. He's the only he's one like, not excited about his performance. I ruined the game. I lost this the game. Oh. That, that kind of ownership is the opposite of what was happening at the end of last year, by the way, with Zach. Yeah. Where he said some things that really ticked some people off. Zach is maturing. You're yes. seeing it happen before. Maturing on and off the field. Bought his entire team ice cream earlier this week. So it's hey, a very BYU thing to do. Keep doing it, bro. To get people ice buy, cream. buy your guys ice cream. There's, <laughs> there's nothing that speaks quite to the heart <laughs> like buying ice cream for somebody. That's <laughs> so BYU. I love. I, I'm so happy that Zach. Is it creamery ice cream? Yeah, <laughs> Let's go to Mailbag Monday. Obviously, you can tell yeah. loaded show. So yeah, much to talk on. about. We could have just talked about Zach. Like, you, just Zach. You can ask any question you want. We're going to answer as many of them as we can. We're going to answer show. every question. Nathan Gunnell on Instagram yeah. asks, how much do you think not having Ben Bywater affected the defense from stopping Cincinnati on third down those times their quarterback escaped up the middle? Okay, I, I want to answer this. Yeah. BYU, at least on one specific play, the wide-open touchdown catch by Cincinnati. 
Okay. Harrison Taggart is a good player and a young player. This he is had where, 10 tackles in his This is where start, you miss Ben. Yeah. Harrison unfortunately misses a signal from the sideline and is in the wrong place, and it allows Cincinnati to throw a wide-open touchdown. Okay? There was some real frustration. That specifically is where you miss Ben Bywater because Ben, I'm willing to bet, 99 times out of 100 would not miss that signal. But that's what happens when you have a young guy. Yeah. And, again, Harrison he's is young. a good player. But I'm excited about he's him. He's not Ben Bywater right now, and so that absolutely affected that. As far as stopping guys on third down, yeah, it always helps to have a guy who's your leading tackler yeah. pass for season. And he's a, he's a playmaker. Like, he's picking off passes, returning them for touchdowns. We've seen it uh, before. 18 third downs for Cincinnati. BYU was getting Cincinnati, you know, um, two third down, but nine for 18. That was tough. But on fourth down, again, two fourth down stops. I like that. Yeah, those and the pick six. They may as well be turnovers. Hashtag BYUS on X, Facebook, and Instagram to ask more of your questions. We'll get to more of those later in the show. Hey, how did the offense wake up at the end of the first half? Aaron Roderick. He let it rip. That question. Kelly Papinga on the special teams. Awesomeness as well. That's coming up on Coordinator's Corner at 2 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Up next, it's time for Maddich Monday. What does ESPN's Trevor Maddich think of BYU's 4-1 start? Is he buying stock on the Cougars? And where do they need to make the biggest improvement? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Going down for the first time tonight. Touchdown, Cougars! Men wide open in the end zone, makes the catch for the score. Live in Studio B with your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan on another winning Monday. And with that in mind, we welcome back yet again on a Maddich Monday, ESPN College Football Insider and expert. He is a national champion. Trevor Maddich is back on the show. Trevor, how was your weekend of football from Thursday to Sunday between college and NFL overall? No, it was, it was fantastic. What a weekend for BYU. I mean, they get this win. They've got guys in the NFL that are doing great. I mean, it was for BYU fans and and for me in particular, having gone there, it was a it was a wonderful weekend just starting there. Yeah, let alone general conference. We had a great weekend, right? So let's talk about how BYU did this. We just shared our opinions, but how did BYU win this game with uh, 295 yards of offense and being out out yarded by over 200? Situational football. I mean, you, 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 they won the game with execution and being more mistake-free. It's the way they kind of lost it against Kansas. And so you can see the Cougars take a step forward. You can see their determination. I mean, they they gave up a lot of, of third-down conversions, about 50% to Cincinnati. But Cincinnati was only one in three on fourth downs. BYU's defense got two, or BYU's defense and the special teams, they got two um, turnovers. And so this is how BYU wins. BYU had fewer penalties than Cincinnati. So while Cincinnati was moving the ball up and down the field, in the moment when a play had to happen, either BYU made that play or Cincinnati did something to hurt themselves. And so this this is BYU's formula going forward. You know, that they're a more disciplined group in general because of the way they recruit and the kind of kid that comes to BYU. And when they play to that, they're really hard to beat. Trevor, I, I can't explain BYU football right now in any other word than almost sudden. Like, they, they can just be doing nothing, and then all of a sudden there's this explosive set of plays, 
and all of a sudden they're up 14 on you. And I mean, I, I almost felt like it was straight thievery that BYU led at halftime based on how that first half went. But this is kind of who BYU is against Arkansas, even moments against Kansas. And now in the most recent win against Cincinnati, my question is, is it sustainable? Is this formula sustainable for BYU to win more football games? It's a good foundation to win football games. There are things they need to improve on both sides of the ball. But if you ask, is this sustainable? This is what you need to build from. That kind of of making, you know, mistake, not mistake free, but making fewer mistakes than the other side and then building from there because then that keeps you in position to be able to make plays when they start to arise. And that happened in that touchdown drive at the end of the first half. I mean, BYU hadn't moved the ball at all. I mean, not at all. And then all of a sudden, they three plays, pass plays all of over 20 yards each, boom, 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 touchdown. It's like, where did that come from? And then they came out in the second half and kept doing it. They kept doing what was working. And I tell you, I give a lot of credit to the BYU Offensive Brain Trust, Aaron Roderick, Offensive Coordinator, and the way they put together that game plan because you saw a lot of creativity. You saw that Darius Lassiter touchdown. It was great. You had three receivers on the left. Before the snap, the outside receiver shifted into the middle, which made the defense shift in and it made them communicate. Then at the snap, the two outside receivers ran inside, and Lassiter, who was on the inside of that formation, looped around to the outside, and they lost track of him. By doing that shift before the snap and then that loop after the snap, it gave Cincinnati's defense an opportunity to miscommunicate, and they did. And then just physically they finished the play. I mean, there were lots of things like that. BYU ran a fake bubble screen. I loved it. You know, where the quarterback pump fake and then receiver that should have been blocking or would have been blocking, ran down the field to, to go out for a pass. It was it was wonderful, the creativity that they used to spring guys in this game in the passing game. And again, that's another part of the foundation that they can continue to build from. Okay, the yards per carry were not great. A late fumble chews up some of that yardage, two and a half yards per carry. But L.J. Martin, 16 for 66, two touchdowns, 4.1 yards per carry. A little Miles Davis in there as well, four for 17. What did you make of the offensive line and the run game that we have belabored throughout the season? Well, I will say this first about the offensive line, that all those great pass plays that Keaton Slovis had, most of them, somebody was protecting. And you've got to give them a lot of credit, uh, a lot of credit and for, for that side of it. The, the run game, the stats look better. You can see them uh, fighting more. And that's good. I mean, you can you can pick it apart, pick it pick it way apart when it comes to the actual performance, even on some of their best runs. But from a standpoint of what they need to do week to week, they're they're doing better. They seem to be playing with more anger, and they that's where it starts. Because as an offensive lineman in the running game, you can't just fit up and push. That's what a receiver does on a bubble screen, right? You need to be mad. You need to fire out and 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 intend intend to inflict mm. discomfort on that guy. And you're seeing more of that attitude start to get into their game. Trevor Maddich of ESPN is with us on BYU Sports Nation for another Maddich Monday. 
It's now the bye week for BYU, four and one through five games. Great position, all things considered. If you go back to the beginning of the season and consider that BYU in some metrics was picked to win only four games all year, they're already there through five. So Trevor, you've been talking a lot about the foundation. In the bye week, you constantly are seeking to get better and improve and get healthy. What's the one aspect that you would circle that BYU really needs to shore up if they're to have a successful October and then push forward? I think that the biggest thing besides health is the running game. And that means the offensive line needs to keep working on not falling off blocks and on their target when they, when they hit a, a defensive linebacker or defensive lineman, because if you put your head in the right spot and then you keep pushing, even if you push a guy towards the hole, the running back can cut back behind him if you push him farther than he wants to go. And so th there's a lot of learning experiences in uh, from this game uh, for example on lj martin's 29 yard touchdown run that was a great play call just fantastic play call byu was on the right hash they ran into the short side of the field on on third and 13 the defense thought it was a pass it was a run and so the guy over the right tackle he rushed the pass so the right tackle turned and chased him upfield the guy over the center actually crossed his face and almost made a tackle for loss the right guard went down for the linebacker who was dropping into his zone, and they didn't even make contact till about seven yards deep. And so, you know, there, there, there are things there that they did well. There are things there that they took advantage of. There are things there that they can get better at. And in that one play, you can see all three of those, and I think the bye week will help with that. BYU, since 2019, is now 26-3 when the kickoff is 6 p.m. or later. Cougars hunt at night, as Riley Nelson said last week. What do you make of that stat? Because it's 14 and 13 before 6 p.m. in the same time frame. Yeah, you know, I, I don't, to me, that's just all psychological. I, there, there are some teams that do well on earlier starts and some teams that kind of creak out at night. And then there's the opposite. You know, LSU, they, they play great at night. You know, it's like, okay, but why? You know, in, in my opinion, you're a football player. You get up, and if you're groggy because it's an early start, the other guy's groggy too. So go out there and make him pay for being groggy, right? That's the the kind of mindset of it. If it's a, a cold, rainy, miserable day and you got dirt and grass down the back of your neck and, and you're just miserable, <laughs> guess what? The other guy is too. So you hammer him and you make him full because your will is greater. And so when it comes to the start of the kickoff, I, I see it that way. I think it's interesting for fans to look at those kinds of stats. Uh, but if a football player is influenced in his play by that kind of a thing, he needs to toughen up. Trevor Maddich is always on his A game, whether it's 7 a.m. or 7 p.m., 24-7. Ain't He's no awesome. Let's go. <laughs> All right, as we look ahead, Trevor, at uh, the rest of the Big 12 and what BYU is trying to catch and, and compete against in conference, we know that Texas and Oklahoma are, are fantastic, and we're looking forward to the Red River rivalry. It's going to be an amazing game to determine – Who's the best in the Big 12 right now? But who's the third best team in the Big 12 conference at the moment? This is a tough one. I mean, if you look at the if you look at the standings, you've got West Virginia sitting there at four and one. I'm not sure that they um, that they would have that same record if they played the same teams again, right? I think that they're having a great start. No disrespect to West Virginia, but I would really have to say uh, Kansas would be my next best team as long as their quarterback is healthy. Jalen Daniels didn't make the start last week against Texas because he had back spasms before the game. Everybody expected him to start, then all of a sudden his backup went out there and his backup is really good. 
But at the same time, when Kansas is healthy, they are so hard to stop on offense, and their defense is so energetic. I'd have to say that would be the the next best team. You could also make the case that UCF mm. is that next best team. I mean, they've got fantastic skill players. Their quarterback is a, a serious dual threat, John Rice Plumley. Uh, they've got real stars on the defensive side of the ball, and you've got to say that that UCF is a really tough out as well. Now, this is excluding BYU as to where I would put them in this hierarchy, just teams that BYU might face or will face over the course of the rest of the season. But I think once you get past Texas and Oklahoma, you've got you've got a bunch of teams that could beat each other on any given day. Sure, Kansas State's there, TCU, and then uh, are you throwing sure. the ba- the Baylor win over UCF was twenty eight point comeback, was pretty is wild, incredible. Okay, we have to ask you before we go um, about Zach Wilson and Puka Nakua. Zach last night had some real notable numbers. He's never had a multi touchdown pass game without a pick. He did that last night. He's the first player ever to out stat Patrick Mahomes. What did you make of Zach Wilson's performance in a loss? He was in a bad mood after because he had a late fumble. He felt like uh, he cost him the game, but the narrative changed in one single performance around him. Right. I mean, if you came into this game saying, okay, you've got two quarterbacks, one's Patrick Mahomes and one is quarterback X. And oh no, one is Zach Wilson. One of them is going to have two interceptions and a much lower passer rating which one would you say right <laughs> well it turned out that right? Mahomes has a lower passer rating in that game significantly than Zach Wilson in part because of his two interceptions and the, the I, I love we talk about resiliency we talk about mental toughness and even though Zach Wilson has some plays that he wish he had back at the end of that game Patrick Mahomes said to Zach play like that every week and that that's a shot, sign of respect he didn't have to say that he could have said hey really good game Instead, he said, you can do this. This is what you can do. Do it every time. And the fact that his teammates and coaches saw him rise up the way he did and perform the way he did in this game is great. But to have Patrick Mahomes be quoted in the media as saying that, Zach Wilson, this is something you can do every week if you just do it. I mean, that's a massive moment. Now he has to carry it forward and do something with it. All right, Trevor, we'll throw in Puka Nakua, whose first NFL touchdown catch happens to be a walk-off game winner in Indianapolis. Oh, and he's setting all types of NFL records each and every week into his rookie campaign. How do you explain the phenomenon that we are seeing with Puka Nakua? He's, He's so smart, he gets it. I mean, he gets it. After the game, he described what happened on that on that walk-off touchdown play. And his teammates will listen to that, his Coaches will see that, and they'll go, this guy isn't just a rookie running around catching the ball. You know, the quarterback will say, I can trust this guy because he gets it. He, he was running a, across the field from right to left. He was on about the nine-yard line, and the ball came in zone coverage. The ball came in and didn't lead him forward. It stopped him right there in the middle of the field. So without even seeing the defense, he knew that the quarterback saw that there were defenders coming from the other direction that were going to smash him if he kept running. So instead of slowing down, catching the ball, and then continuing in the same direction, he caught the ball and turned straight up the field and ended up scoring the touchdown. He made a guy miss at about the two or three-yard line, and then that guy that would have smashed him didn't get there in time to stop it from crossing the goal line. And he described that, and, and as a rookie, to be able to, to say, yeah, I understood from the ball placement what the quarterback wanted me to do, right? That's, that's advanced stuff. 
Oh, indeed. He's uh, he's officially gone next level. Trevor, we appreciate the time as always. Another loaded match Monday. We wish you the best uh, until you get to football. We're all mourning for two more days until we get to some more football games. So good luck with that. Hey, Seahawks tonight, bro. Let's go, Spence. <laughs> no one's paying yeah, attention to Seahawks Giants. Let's go. <laughs> Thanks, Trevor. Thanks, guys. Uh, ESPN's Trevor Maddich on BYU Sports Station. I'm just giving you a hard time, dude. I knew your Seahawks play tonight. When does the Max start on Tuesdays and Wednesdays? Late October? Is that coming up in a couple of weeks? Action. Hey, you know what it is Tuesday nights, though? you got some football. 7 Eastern. After further review, the boys break down the return of the Cats. Uh, well, mostly the Brigham Cats uh, winning in this one. The Mountain Lions, if you will. 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app tomorrow night. We're going to play with fire on this show. I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. In a couple of ways. Um, not as well as Cosmo did, though. That's for sure. This is BYU Sports Nation. We running by the Cincinnati bench? <laughs> Let's do it, man. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. The show is on social media. You can follow yep. us on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and Hanging out in Studio B, I am Spencer Linton. He is Jerem. Let's roll out today's headlines. BYU football beat Cincinnati 35-27 to win its first Big 12 game ever. Moves to 4-1 on the season. How about them Cougs? After a slow start from Keaton Slovis in the BYU offense, the Cougars got hot, including this bomb to Chase Roberts. Slovis under pressure, ducks away. Sends it downfield, it's in the hands of Roberts, and he's loose. Chase Roberts being Chase, but nobody's going to catch him. Touchdown, Cougars. 59 yards. Get this to a Paw Patrol NIL. Keaton Slovis ended the game 13 of 24, 223 yards, two touchdowns. Chase Roberts, six catches, career high, 131 yards, and a touchdown. LJ Martin, 16 for 66, rushing, two touchdowns. Jacob Robinson added a pick, six for BYU to get on the board. BYU enters the bye week 4-1, 1-1 in Big 12 play. And during the show, this just announced the kick time for BYU TCO on October 14th, 3.30 Eastern on ESPN. Not a night game. Add to the win tally of 14 and 13 yeah. before six. Let's do it. Cougars in the NFL part one, led out by Zach Wilson, 28 of 39, 245 passing yards, 72% completions, two touchdowns, and a Jets 23-20 loss to Andy Reid's Chiefs. Wilson ended the game with a career-high 105.2 passer rating. Here's his head coach, Robert Sala. I know it's. I know I say it all the time up here with this practice and how he how he practices. He's he's been practicing outstanding, and uh, it's probably why I get up here and I say what I say. But uh, I was just really happy for him to to go out and show that he does belong, that he can play in this league. And like I said, if he plays that way, we're going to win a lot of football games. Amen to that. Puka Nakua, nine catches, 163 yards, game-winning touchdown in overtime, and a Rams 29-23 victory over the Colts. Most catches, 39, and receiving yards, 501 through a player's first four games in NFL history. Amazing. Fred Warner had 10 tackles in the Niners' 35-16 win over the Cardinals. Tyler Algier, seven carries, 16 yards, and the Falcons' 23-7 loss to the Jaguars in London and in Andy's room. Taysom Hill, four carries, 10 yards, completed a 13-yard pass, had a seven-yard catch as well, and the Saints... 26-9 loss to the Bucks. Michael Davis, eight tackles for the Chargers and a win over the Raiders. Sione Takataki, five tackles, the TFL, and the Browns lost to the Ravens. And KVN had a pass breakup in that same game and a quarterback hit. Number nine, BYU women's volleyball loses in four sets to number 10, Texas. 
on Friday night. BYU won the first set 28-26, much like they did on Thursday night, but then lose the next three. Up next, Big 12 match on the road at Oklahoma as they get back to their winning ways on Saturday. Whitney Bauer, rally era assist leader now. Pretty cool. Number six, women's soccer. will look to get a much-needed Big 12 win, not a tie on the road at Iowa State tonight, 7 Eastern on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. Wally Thane and Zach Fuchs won the ITA Mountain Regional doubles title Saturday with the win. The duo qualifies for the Nationals in San Diego in November. Thane and Fuchs will compete at the ITA All-American Championships beginning today in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Women's tennis competed in the Cal Fall Invitation over the weekend. Notable finishes include Tina Lee finishing as the semifinalist in the top singles draw. Emily Astle and Bobo Huang finished as finalists in the top doubles draw. Women's golf teeing off this morning at the Marilyn Smith Sunflower Invitational hosted by Kansas State. The Cougars currently tied for third early in the first round of play. Those are today's headlines. Now some opinions in the whip. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. More impressive fire stunt, Cosmo jump roping and doing 12 backflips through it or the kid uh, twirling fire. I love Cosmo, but a kid twirling fire and being part of something that's awesome. so special on Friday night, that's the winner for me. Yeah. I mean, it was not just a kid, it was kids twirling. Yeah, I, yeah I, I saw another one of a kid that looked younger than that. Yes. Uh, both amazing, I'm not gonna pick one, they're both incredible. Cosmo, 12 backflips. I initially tweeted like, yeah, I did like five or six, and then I watched it again, and I was like, that was 12 backflips for a fire jump rope? What, where else can Cosmo go? How about the this? Stunts? How about this, Jerem? Did Jack DeMooney figure out the perfect blend of general conference and football on Sunday? I think he did, because he's a Bills fan, so he was watching in a Bills helmet and hoodie <laughs> as he watched general conference. He always acts like he doesn't watch the Bills games. Anyone know who won the Bills-Dolphins game? He only, he only does it when the Bills, I think when the Bills win, right? Sure. He's not doing it when yeah, the Bills he lose. He wants to rub it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah the exactly. Bills are playing well. Exactly. Uh, in the press box, uh, or, or the, uh, you know, the, the uh, sweets. Tom Holman, the athletic director of BYU, of course, did a cougar growl. Listen to this. <laughs> Every one of the family, Danny Homo, his son, we went around and nailed it. How would you rate on a scale of one to ten Tom's cougar growl? I, his eyebrows and intensity right there. Can we just still frame him in the, the middle charts. of that? Off the charts, like so intense. Uh, I think we need to clip that off. Yeah. We, yes, yes. We need to clip that off and utilize it as our cougar growl on, oh my the, on this show. Uh, now, I, I think it leads a, needs a little more timber. Okay, That's I the only thing that's missing. I don't even Tom care. Tom's a great one. I just think it needs a little, okay. like a little deeper. A little deeper is you, what I'm You and yeah. your growl and your crowing, too. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't even a good one. Yeah. After the break, we recap our weekend in the Big 12 Roundup. Jeremy may have done something he's never done all season to this point. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Hit the Big 12 Roundup music and let's recap what happened in the Big 12 over the weekend. Yes. There it is. Baylor versus uh, UCF. UCF getting 12 and a half. Baylor won 36-35, coming back down 28 to win. We both get the point. This was my super pick. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. you got eight. Yeah. <laughs> it was 35 to 7 with eight minutes to go in the third quarter for UCF. Yeah. What in the world? Super pick. Yay. 
can't come got, through for you. Got lucky I, there. That might have been the difference here. We'll uh, see. Lucky there. 24th ranked Kansas at number three, Texas. Kansas, 16 and a half point underdog. We didn't know their starting quarterback, Jalen Daniels, was not going to play at all. How come that couldn't happen a week ago? Yeah, wait a minute. Texas yeah. don't need that break. Yeah. Well, Texas, not surprisingly, wins big 40 to 14 without Kansas' star in the game. Uh, you got the point, though. You thought Texas would cover that. Okay, I did not. Houston, Texas Tech. Texas Tech getting eight and a half. Tech won big, 49-28, so we, neither of us get the point. Red Raiders did have a kickoff return touchdown and a blocked punch scoop. Houston that, is that not great. Texas Tech hasn't been good, but hey, credit to the Red Raiders. There you go. Iowa State at number 14, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, 20-point favorite. We both get the point. That was my super pick. So I get two points there. You get one. Oklahoma dominates 50 to 20. They went 30. West Virginia TCU game of the week in the Big 12. West Virginia pulls off the upset 24-21. Two blocked would be tying. Unbelievable. Game uh, field goals in the fourth. I get the point in this one. I believed in the Mountaineers. TCU did not score a point in the second half. They were up 21-14 at halftime. Chandler Morris was getting sacked left and right. Shut out in the second half. Yep. Is West Virginia good? Weirdly maybe good? Is TCU Beatable? Uh, yeah. Lots of question marks. Yeah, that was that was in Fort Worth. Uh, we both took Cincinnati as a one and a half point favorite over BYU, saying that BYU would cover that and win. We took BYU break. wins 35-27. Both get the point. You win this week six to four. Yeah. So uh, you're now, up four one now. Now it's four weeks to one week. Now it's an actual competition. <laughs> okay, prop picks. Number one, over under 49 and a half total points. We both had the under. And hey, it was over. First of 24 wins, and it happened. First of 24 won the game. Thanks, Bronco. Yeah. Over under 14 and a half. First half completions for Keaton Slovis. He had 13 in the game. In the game. Yeah, we both got that we one took right. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Which quarter will BYU score the most points in? It was 14 in the third. You said second. I said fourth. We were wrong. Hey, third quarter. It's not what BYU has done this year. So to their credit, they came out firing in the second half. BYU will, or the BYU defense rather, will have more of A sacks, B takeaways, C force three and outs. Um, I went with four three and outs, but we had the same pick, and so you kept that one. You get the point. I do not get the point there. I said sacks uh, after a little oh, bit of a change, the last minute change. How many was so. it? How many sacks was it? One? One or two. One. If I yeah, one sack. Okay. okay, and will the coin toss be heads or tails? <laughs> you had tails, so you get oh, the point. Oh, I worked hard for that, that one. That ends in a tie, 2-2. Two, I, wor two. I worked hard for that You're one. You're up 2-1 on the season. We've had two weeks worth. We're not keeping track of ties. There's no ties in this con This. Uh, there's two ties, yeah. So it's two, one, and two? Yeah, but who cares about ties? It's two and one. <laughs> okay. Ties, ties are for losers. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap up today's show and get to at least a few more of your Mailbag Monday questions. So much to discuss. Oh, my gosh. This is BYU Sports Nation. Should we go another hour? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. It's time for more Mailbag Monday questions. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. All right, you the people have asked. Yeah. We're going to do our best to answer. Cameron Helis on Facebook says, currently there looks to be a lot of parity in the Big 12. BYU yeah. seems to be right in the mix of things. Do you think BYU's depth will hold enough for them to finish in the top half of the conference. That's certainly the hope. And uh, I, before the season, I, I think we're all hoping, like, could BYU do that? Like, okay, Oklahoma and Texas will be in the top half. West Virginia is the surprise team. Mm -hmm. They don't have a crazy tough schedule the rest mm -hmm. of the way. They don't play uh, Texas. They do play Oklahoma. They don't play Kansas State. Um, Kansas is interesting. Kansas State, BYU, TCU. Like, who's going to be in the bottom seven? 
confidently at this point projecting we could say Houston, we could say Oklahoma State, we could say Iowa State. Yes. Baylor probably. I think Baylor, Baylor's going to be in the bottom half. I, and then those four, it's, but it's like name three others. I'm not sure. That's where those like the three next teams and the three next teams in the top half are up for grabs. The the BYUs, the, the, uh, I, the Texas Techs, the UCFs of the world are going to be interesting there. What does West Even Virginia TCU. do? TCU is obviously beatable. Like West Virginia has been better than we thought. Can BYU go into uh, Fort Worth in two weeks and win? To finish and to guarantee a top half finish, BYU is going to have to have a winning record in the Big 12, five and four. Are I there so. are there four more wins? Yeah, if they're four and five, they're I can't say yeah they're going to finish in the top seven. Like no, the four four and if five. If there's is not, a lot of parity, then perhaps that will be yeah. tied for sixth with four other teams. Four and five. Like oh man. Yeah. If there's parity, yeah, four and five could absolutely. Yeah, win. I don't see it. I feel like they're going to have to have a winning record if they don't finish the top half. Are there four more conference wins on the schedule for BYU? Now you got to be four more. Now you got to be Texas Tech at home, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma and State, more. and then one more. You got to win one more. Who is it? It's an upset. Maybe it's at West Virginia. Maybe it's at TCU. Will or Texas or Oklahoma? Yeah. Will BYU be favored in man, maybe Texas Tech at home? Maybe at Iowa State. Oh, they'll be favored at home against Iowa State. That will happen. Now it'll happen. Yeah. Okay. Our elite mailbag question of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from Danny Allen on Facebook. Shout out to Danny. Just a fun question, he asks. Since both options make BYU Bowl eligible, would you rather beat Texas and Oklahoma in their last season in the Big 12 or lose both of those games and win the rest of the games? I'd rather win the rest. Of Me the too, games. because then you <laughs> then you win nine. Yeah, then you win nine games, and you're I, six and three. And you're not supposed to be Texas and Oklahoma anyway, so uh, the expectations aren't disrupted. But yes. you, you now upset TCU on the road. You now go to West Virginia and win. You, uh, yeah, those would be some nice some nice ones. You win at Oklahoma State, which be, we think BYU can do. You win you do at it. Oklahoma State, at West Virginia, at TCU, like and you beat Texas Warriors, Tech at home, and you beat Arkansas on the road. Like all those road wins would be awesome. nine and three or I, six and three. I would in take twelve. Yeah, I would take nine and three over uh, six and six with wins versus Texas and Oklahoma. I agree, hundred yeah. percent. Today's rise and shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU athletics. I loved Austin Riggs uh, getting the fumble recovery for BYU, holding it up like. Like this real Petey from Remember the Titans energy. <laughs> Show him the ball. Hold on to that ball, Petey. And he lifts it up like I, I told Austin as much after the game. BYU Sports Information Director Duff Tittle said history was made in a couple of ways. One, BYU won the first Big 12 game. Number two, it's the first request I've ever had for a long snap <laughs> to do an interview. He was so excited. <laughs> and I made the request. He's great. Our thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddich. Started Dennis, ran out of time. <laughs> Our Jeremiah Spencer. <laughs> Shout out to the Riggs family. Look how happy he is. I See love for it. coordinators corner to Eastern on the app. Go Cougs. Dalton and Austin, man.